Hey, everyone. So here we are on our next chapter after the first 50 episodes. And this is such a great episode. I am honored and thrilled to introduce you to Tiffany Carter. I know many of you follow her amazing podcast, Project Me. A lot of you follow her online. I know many of you have been coached by her. But you're going to hear some things in this episode that you will never find in those areas, uh, perhaps on her podcast. But she gets really, really raw. I know that's an overused word, but just so open and shares some things that will just take your breath away. They will stop you in your tracks and you'll get a lump in your throat and you will see what a great human she is. Her story of what she endured as a child and a young woman is like nothing you've ever heard. And then her triumph and her success, not just in business, but in life after that is such a beautiful thing to witness. So let me tell you a little bit uh, about Tiffany. So Tiffany Carter, um, she's a former TV news journalist, if you didn't know that. So she takes the mystery out of making big money. She loves to talk about making money, but then she, unlike a lot of people out there who talk about making big money, she actually shows people how to do that. She uses a magnetic combination of her clear-cut communication style that she did develop as a journalist, her business-savvy and proven strategies as a multimillionaire entrepreneur, and her intuitive ability to connect with women on a deeper level to uncover what's blocking women from achieving their dream life. Tiffany's zone of genius is helping women become financially free through education, empowerment, and proven straightforward strategies. She went from a life of self-destruction to success, despite the odds being entirely against her. Tiffany's mission runs deeper than helping women create wealth, however. Her bigger purpose which she lives beautifully, is to help women find their worth. There is nothing more inspiring than a woman being unapologetically herself. The answers are all in your heart. She's waiting, she's waiting, she's waiting for you to set her free. Welcome to BU Podcast. I'm Jill Herman, and I am so glad you're here. I was broke, insecure, and craved approval. But with grit, hustle, and sacrifice, I still built a successful multi-million dollar business. Ten years in, burnout, I slowed down and looked inward. In that silence, I discovered that the same level of success could have come to me with much less effort and so much more joy. That's when I threw out the expectations of the world and chose to unbecome every single thing I thought I was supposed to be. And the real me was uncaged. It was far from easy. And in this podcast, I'll offer my entire journey as a roadmap so that if you're ready, you can finally be you. Okay, so you have heard me mention Tiffany Carter. She doesn't know that I mentioned her on my 50th episode, on our 50th episode, but I did. I know a lot of you listen to her amazing podcast and you are loving everything she does online. And here she is with us today. So Tiffany, thank you for being willing to do this. I am genuinely like excited about the conversation because I want I know it's going to go into 20 different directions we can't predict. I know it's going to be real. I know it's going to be funny. What I love about you, they've already heard your bio, all the impressive stuff. But what I love about you is that even though I don't know you well, I know you. Like you're that real, that it doesn't take long to figure out what your ethics are, what you stand for. I trust you. 
and I really like you, and I like that you don't care if I like you. (laughs) It's probably one of my favorite things. But I love, I love how you show up, as they say in the world, super successful, that's obvious, and without the ego that goes with it. And you don't do that just to be cool and to pretend you're not arrogant. You just really aren't. And I'm grateful. And I, I hope that we'd become really good friends. But I appreciate you giving time to us. And I have a lot I want to ask you, but why don't you first give people some background, even those who are already following you? What are some things they may not know about you, about how you got started? How did you end up being someone I was excited to have on this podcast? Well, first of all, I actually used to be arrogant. I mean, it wasn't because I thought I was that great. It was because I was a piece of shit. I had no self-worth. I was abused and sexually molested from ages 11 to 21 years old. And then I was bullied for it because I was the class slut. So I had, and I'm an only child. Both parents are an only child. I really had nowhere to go. I mean, I went to like the school guidance counselor. I don't know if they still have those, which all that woman did was call my mom when I went to her. And then I got really, I was in real deep shit then being raised by a narcissist. Like I know you're open about talking about narcissism. Like now you're really in a lot of trouble. So I had to learn how to fake confidence in order to survive in the world. So I even remember, you know, at eight in ages like middle school ages, like 11, 12, 13, I would observe people and I saw like confident people would would stand up straight. They wouldn't speak like this. You know, they would have more of a stronger voice. They would speak up. They'd raise their hand first in class, like, you know, oh, you know, who wants to answer the question? They'd raise their hand. So I mimicked that in order to survive, but it was all fake. So I would even be someone in, and I know I did this in high school, and I'm sure I did it in my 20s too, where I wasn't a liar. But I would embellish stories in order for people to like me or find me more interesting because I I didn't think I thought it was a piece of shit, like I said. So I would kind of embellish or, you know, like if someone's like, what'd you do this weekend where my entire weekend was my being pimped out by my mom, right? Not going to say that. So instead, I would, you know, come up with something, mm-hmm, right? That mm-hmm. made me inter- that made me seem interesting or cool. But when you do that, of course, it really doesn't because I'm, you know, I'm not a sociopath, so it doesn't feel good, right? It's that whole um, imposter syndrome. That whole thing started really, really early for me before it was a term, right? God, if people only knew. If people really only knew, and I knew they couldn't know, and my life depended on it. So, like a lot of people who, you know, listen to my podcast or, you know, follow me online, you know, I talk about like the zero fuck zone and zero fucks given, right? And the Tiffany, if you saw me, I would say pre 35 years old, was you might have gone, God, this girl's so confident. I had people all the time saying to me, if I could just have your confidence, if I could just be as ambitious as you and as much of a go-getter and get as much stuff done as you. And I wore that like a badge of honor, right? But then there was this other part of me that was like, yeah, but if they only knew how much of a piece of shit I was, 
It was all armor. Right. If, yeah. if they really only knew. But I, you know, I would be quick to speak up. And sometimes it would, you know, it wouldn't land well. We all know those people where they have that false exterior and you can rub people the wrong way, almost like a bulldozer type of thing. Abrasive. Yeah. So I had a lot of that. But what was behind all of that was, you know, six and a half years ago, I had all the medications lined up on my countertop in my luxury Los Angeles townhouse, um, my cocktail to off myself on my birthday because I was done. It didn't matter how much money I had in the bank that I had, you know, all the trips and the da 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 da, the clothes, the bags. I couldn't, I was exhausted. I mean, putting on that facade is exhausting. Being fake is exhausting. And that's why I absolutely refuse to do any part of it today, even if that means I have to be so uncomfortable and squirmy and vulnerable with what's really going on. I'll do that versus having any form of fake. I just, I'm not available for it. I won't do it. And I won't have anyone in my inner circle who does it, which is funny because here, you know, I'm in the online space, which is filled with. (laughs) Fake. We'll have to get into that. Yeah. And Polly the influencer. <laughs> you're not needing this. I I can just tell you don't need this and you're not asking, but I'm I can't not acknowledge what you said. I mean, first of all, thank you for sharing that experience when you were a child. I know you've done a lot of healing and you can talk about it openly, but it's like record scratcher hearing that that, that happened to anyone, let alone someone for that long at such a vulnerable age. It just makes me sick. So I'm so sorry that happened. I appreciate you sharing that. And I appreciate you sharing it not because thank you for being so vulnerable and open, but because you and I both know it's 2021 and people are still pretending this shit isn't happening. And it happened to them and they won't say it. And it's so important to say, look, you know, people are looking at you, Tiffany. I know there's someone right now going, oh my God, if she made it through that, I can make it through this because that happened to me too. And I've never said it out loud. So thank you for that. And then the fact that you got to a point with all, you weren't just, you know, making money. And as you said, having the bags and all that, you had a lot of people who were saying, I want to be like you, despite all that, you getting to the point where you, and I was there when I was a teenager of wanting to just end your life. I also want to say thank you for saying it out loud. I hate that that happened, but one, it made you who you are today, but two, thank you for saying it because not enough people you know this, are willing to say it. I mean, they'll put a thing on Facebook about depression isn't really what you think. And if you love people, you'll share this. But no one's really talking about high-functioning, successful, likable people like you who do get to a point where they're ready to walk away. Or someone does die and they're like, how in the world did that happen? They seemed like they were fine. I would have been that person. And by the way, my eyebrows were freshly waxed. My nails were done. My hair was, you know, highlighted and I may or may not have had a spray tan and even worked out the night before. So the reason I I share this stuff, I know my story reads like, you know, like a lifetime movie. Number one, yes, I've like, I've obviously done a lot of work in order to talk about it. I'm an advocate. I help build safe houses for women and children who've been sex trafficked. Like it's part of my paying it forward, but it's also to say it out loud, to take away the 
the stigma and the edge from it. And so people know they're not alone. I felt alone my entire life. I felt like I was an alien. I felt like God forgot about me. I felt like I was just kind of plopped here on accident. And being that I, you know, didn't have any siblings or cousins or anything, there was no one for me to look at and going, is this, isn't, is this crazy in this house? So I just thought it was me. I thought I was not. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I'm assuming a child was also thinking not only am I the only, is this crazy, but also would somebody please save me? Oh yeah. Isn't somebody going to save me from this? I mean, oh my gosh. I thought that for a couple of years in middle school. And then I got to a point of, it's very clear. No one is. Mm-hmm. And that's when that flip switched to that false confident self where it was like, okay, I've got to put on, you know, put on the armor. I've got to put on a show. It was conscious. I really remember that like, okay, no one's coming and it's time to put it on and, and do what I got to do. Yeah. And as painful as that is for us to hear, it did get you through that. I mean, it it did get you to survive. And I would submit there's a little piece of that, even though then you've you've spent years de-armoring. I know that. We'll talk about that. But there is still a little piece of that there that is good, that that's why you're such a badass go-getter too. You're not just out there to get the bags and make the money. I mean, you are creating significant change in women who are wanting to be successful, et cetera. And I think some of that is because you you were willing to do that super difficult, I don't, difficult doesn't even, it's not even the correct word, but that almost impossible task of, I'm not getting out of this until I'm old enough to leave. And so I'm going to, I'm going to not just survive. I'm going to be strong as I get through this. And a little bit ago, you said something like it was exhausting, right? Having a facade like that is exhausting. And I would say, yeah. And it probably was also exhausting because you weren't able to let any love in at all. Mm. What a beautiful point. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't, I thought I would let people in. So it was not conscious. I thought I did, but oh, I mean, obviously I wasn't modeled. I didn't know what that meant. So I thought I did and they thought they were in, but there was no, I really couldn't fully let it in. And the times where I really thought I did because of my own zero self-worth and I wasn't worthy of love, et cetera, et cetera the people who I did let in more or who I thought I let in were incredibly toxic to repeat my childhood over and over and over and over again, which is what led to me wanting to leave this earth because I didn't know I was recreating this. It was subconscious. Isn't it crazy? Right. It's crazy. I mean, I, I witness clients doing it now. I witness, I mean, I, it, we all do it. It's so wild. We recreate the abandonment cycle and all of that. And I just couldn't, I couldn't take it anymore. I just, I couldn't take it anymore. It wasn't worth it to me. So on this podcast, you know, it's fairly new and I've talked about that a little bit. And I know some people are like, yeah, old school. I know that. Other people are like, what What are you saying? Like, this is new for people. There are people who have no idea what you just said. They're like, hold on a second. Let me reverse that. Let me listen again. That what she's saying 
is not new for some of you, but it's new for people you know for sure. And it's new for a lot of people listening that you and I will go through life and unknowingly recreate trauma from our childhood. We will seek out friendships, bosses, business partners, life partners, lovers who will recreate the trauma that we had when we were children, even if we don't even remember the trauma. And we'll keep doing that also because that's how we feel safe because that's normal to us. We don't know any different. And, you know, the woman who keeps dating the same ass over and over and over again, and the friend is saying, why aren't you moving on? Why aren't you finding someone new? And she doesn't know why. So yeah, I hear you that you were so ready to get out of that life. And then you went out and just found more narcissists to use and abuse you and who you couldn't let in and you couldn't be vulnerable around. Then you came to that awful moment where you did want to leave this earth and you didn't. What was the change? How did you not then keep going in that direction? Because that's pretty unlikely that people will change directions. You know, how did you not keep attracting that and go into that negative spiral? And everyone knows people like this abrasive, aggressive, mean and nasty, bullied children become the bully. Like, how did you not do that? Yeah. Well, I was the person who dated the United Nations. And it was one after the other. I never even considered the fact I was the common denominator at all. I would go, oh, well, I must be because these guys are rich. So I shouldn't date rich guys. And I'd date poor guys. Then I'd date, you know, guys from Argentina, then guys from Greece, then guys from Italy. I mean, I went, I, I've got them all. I've got all the, the countries covered for the most part. And I never once, honestly, went, God, I, you know, I'm the common denominator here. It never crossed my mind. I would say I really thought I was bewildered. I must be just like a magnet for toxic people. Then I went down to my self-worth, which is, well, I'm damaged goods and people can smell and sense it. So then that's what I attract, right? And then when I would see friends of mine, acquaintances, or, you know, or people you watch on Facebook or whatever, where they like have the, you know, pictures of Christmas with the matching sweaters and shit. <laughs> and pajamas. And I would, right? And I would be like, God, you know, they look so happy. Or the, the couple's pictures, it's our anniversary and they're frolicking on the beach and they're so in love. Khakis and white shirts. Right? Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, wow, you know, why do they get that and not me? That little girl is like, what's, what's wrong with me? And why do they get that? Sometimes it would flip to judgment or I'd be like, well, I know what she's all about. Like, so I know what she did to like hook that guy, you know, so it'd be mm-hmm. judgment. And then it would flip back to self-loathing, picking on myself. Which the judgment is just a projection of that anyway, right? Yeah. It's the self-loathing projected onto them. It would go back and forth with all of that. And oftentimes, you know, when we get to like these major moments in our lives, it's like that rock bottom where I had to be affected financially in my heart. I had to be affected from all different ways and everything happened all at once. I was getting hit in multiple key areas all at once. And I know some of you guys have probably read stuff, whether you read about like Robin Williams or um, Anthony Bourdain or, you know, maybe um, Kate Spade. I mean, sadly, I can keep naming people, right? These figures that we know, or maybe it's someone in your family. And you said it earlier where it's like, oh my God, I didn't know they're in that much pain. Like I knew sometimes they were depressed or they were on medication, but I didn't know it was like that. Or they even seemed really happy. 
I was very happy once I made the decision. Like I said, I went and got my nails done. I worked out. There was a sense of peace that all of this pain was going to end. And it was kind of like, I came to a point where I was like, no, I get it, God. Like, I really wasn't meant to be here. This was a mistake. And maybe I'm meant to have a different life in heaven or wherever. But I, I get that I'm done here. Like, I get it. I've like really came to a peaceful, genuine resolve. And why it didn't execute, only thing I can explain is it was a divine intervention. I had, because of, I'm also a codependent in recovery for that for a long time. I know that's really shocking. And I was going back and forth with a longtime ex of mine, addict, of course, all the things. And it'd be that back and forth. It was like the come here, go away, that whole dynamic. And I went to an open Alcoholics Anonymous meeting to support him because I thought, you know, if I showed up because, you know, I'm God, that he would quit drinking. <laughs> so I went to this big open Alcoholics Anonymous meeting, open meetings. For those of you guys who don't know, that means anyone can go. You don't have to be an alcoholic or anything like that. And it was a giant meeting here in LA. There's, you know, there could have been 400 people. Most of them are in a church. And I was sitting in one of the pews. So I got introduced to these two ladies behind me and their energy was very gentle. They weren't, and I know, I know you know what I mean by this. They weren't like pretentious. They weren't, they didn't look like they had their shit totally together. Cause if they did, I, I, I would have, cause I was, you know, I was such a piece of shit that would have repelled me. They, they felt safe to me. Yeah. And we just started talking. One was celebrating being sober like 25 years. And I mean, I'm not a substance addict. I'm addicted to people, places, and things. But when I hear someone hasn't drank in 25 years, like that's incredible to me. Like I'm, I'm amazed by that. So I was like, wow. I'm like, that's really cool. We got to talking and they were like, wanted to basically, or, you know, how many years sober are you? I go, um, I don't have a substance issue. And then I laughed. I go, I, but that's what everyone says in an AA meeting, right? And I go, but really, no, that's not, that's not my thing. I just had a fucked up childhood. That was kind of my line, right? Like I just, I just had a fucked up childhood. And because they've done so much work and they were many years my senior, they obviously picked up on something very gently, not pushing, said, oh, have you heard of adult children of alcoholics and dysfunctional families? which is another 12-step program, but it's one that's rarely talked about. And I was like, no. And they go, oh, it's for people who had, you know, really dysfunctional childhoods. You know, you might find it interesting. And then, of course, I tuned out, right? Like, I disappeared off my body. But I was still being going to be polite, right? Because I knew how to do that. But I was way somewhere else. Yeah, you're like, I'm not revisiting any of that. <laughs> no. And I just like, I mean, I'd, I already had a million years of therapy, by the way. Like I was in therapy when I went to kill myself, but I was, I can talk all day long, right? That was above the neck, as I say, versus actually feeling it. So the one lady wrote on a piece of paper, she goes, where, you know, where do you live? You don't have to give me your address, but like, where in the area do you live? And I told her and she wrote down the closest meeting to me for this ACA thing and the time and the day. 
on a piece of paper. And I was polite and gracious. Like when someone gives you a business card and you're like, I'm never fucking calling this person, but you're, you're not going to be a dick and throw it away. You're going to like put it in your purse. Right. That's how I treated this. I just tuck it in my wallet because I wanted to be polite and that's it. So going back to when I was at my bar top with the pill concoction, I, and it was a Saturday and it was my birthday, my real birthday. And somehow I ended up at that meeting. I don't remember driving there. I'm sure you've had that experience where you've driven somewhere and you don't even know how you got there. Could have been to like the grocery store where you're totally dissociated. And I, and it luckily this meeting literally was like three minutes from where I lived. And I ended up in this meeting. I was so, I wasn't even present in my body. But I went in there, I sat down, and they just started, they have these readings at the beginning. And for the first time ever, I was like, oh my God, there's other people that are like me, that think like me. Like even saying things like, where you never felt like you fit in and you were always different and you didn't feel like you belonged here. Like, should I just told you guys that I thought that they were reading? And I was, there was men and women in the meeting, all different ages, nationalities. I was like, this is wild. It was validating because if there was a program for this, that means there wasn't just one other person. I knew there had to be thousands or millions of people who had this. And that alone was enough for me to go, okay, I won't do this today. Maybe tomorrow, but I won't do this today. And then I went I got a list for another meeting. Thank God there was a meeting the next day, same place, same time. And I went and I just kept saying, okay, I won't do it today. Maybe I'll do it tomorrow. And I just kept going. But that's why it's so important. Like you share so truly openly and honestly why I do it, even when it's not always comfortable, is because that's what saved my life. Is there were people willing to, sh- to peel it back? you really feels like you're peeling back your skin, doesn't it? When you're being really that raw, it feels like that. And that's what saved my life. And that's why I'm willing to be uncomfortable to do that for other people. Because it is fucking lonely. Oh, yeah. You could be married to even a great person and it can be lonely. Oh, yeah. People throw, and I do too, the word vulnerability around. It's such a buzzword, right? But that's like beyond being vulnerable. Like you said, when you talk about peeling yourself back, like it's like, it's not even like this. I started to say it's like standing naked in traffic eating a pizza. No, it's like not even, you can't even describe what it's like to truly show your deepest fears and your deepest wounds and your real history where you, like you said, you felt like you were a complete worthless human being. To actually say that and show that to even a stranger, let alone people you know, it is painful. A lot of people don't want to believe me when I say it. And they'll, I'll get a shit ton of DMs. So if any of you are thinking of doing this, don't. I mean, I want you to DM me. I spend two hours every single day, seven days a week, getting to know you guys better and answering your questions. But I always end up with these DMs like, you know, you're not worthless. You're a child of God. Like, I, I don't, I appreciate what you're doing. But I, if you feel a pull to do that with me, you're really trying to tell yourself something. Yes. I don't need you to tell me that. I truly do the daily work. I know 
I know I'm meant to be here now. I know that. It's really that what you might be inclined to say to me right now is what you need to hear yourself. Oh, I'm so glad you said that. I'm so glad you said that. Okay. So I I think it was just last week. I, I It's not out yet. Maybe it is. I don't know. I recorded an episode on nice girls who are givers, who are actually taking. Oh. Yeah. That's one of the examples. I'm going to compliment and I'm going to save and I'm going to rescue you when, as you know, that's actually being a taker because the truth is all you're doing is, is trying to soothe yourself and you don't realize it. And yeah, I'm so glad you said that. That's a really good point. Okay. So after all of that, so this whole idea of not really caring what people think, the whole zero fucks given thing, to repeat, if I heard you right, you were like that, but it wasn't real. That was the, uh, the, the armor. But then after this experience, you decided, okay, I, I'm just going to be myself, like literally conveniently for this podcast, be you. You are really going to do that. But that takes a ton of courage. It's easy to say that. Like, I don't, I'm going to just live for myself and not really care what people think. But you really live this. I mean, you do. You, you, you're on social media. And I showed a video the other day of you to my husband. I'm like, I freaking love her. You've got your exercise bra on and your sweatpants and you're just dancing away and like not trying to look good. You're just being yourself and having a freaking blast. And I said to him, we just need more of this in the world. And I need to do more of this. I'm not there yet, but I love it. So how, how did that happen? I know it would take hours to explain, but maybe just a few things on how did you really get to the point where I'm not going to do the pretend I don't care what people think. F you. I'm really just going to be myself. So I had the idea for Project Me with Tiffany Carter for 10 years before I started it. 10. The name, what I wanted to do, sketches of the logo. I mean, there was like the God part of it where it wouldn't have been integrity because obviously, I, I mean, I would have been Polly the Influencer. Can you imagine? Oh my God. That Tiffany, I would have been and you can't get that shit off the internet. Oh my God. <laughs> it would have been kind of funny, but not really. I mean, I would have been showing me because I used to have to fly in private jets for this, you know, big client I had. I mean, I would have, it would I would have been that annoying person with the hat that Jill and I love. Like you, we all know what I mean by the influencer hat. Can we just, we're it. just going to have to take that road right now. I was going to say, let's come back to it. Let's just take a left real quick and go to that. And then we'll go back to how you actually <laughs> decided to not give a shit what people think of you. Because Tiffany and I were talking a month or so ago about, I said to her, look, I'm new to this whole world, this whole online world, whatever the hell you call it. And I was on her podcast. Thank you again for having me. And I was talking about my network marketing business that I used to have. And it is true that it was a multi-million dollar business. And she thought, because most people aren't honest, they say they are seven-figure earners or they have a multi-million dollar business and they're trying to convince people that they actually are earning that. And I am just was just being a straight shooter. It brought in millions of revenue a year, but I made a couple hundred thousand dollars a year. Not saying that isn't good money, but you get the point. So on the podcast, Tiffany's like, well, there aren't very many millionaires in network marketing. And guys, you're talking to one of them. I'm like, no, 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 no. I never even came close to that. So we started then talking about these. She calls them poly influencers. I actually says Sally the influencer. And I didn't know she used to say that. And she didn't know that I said it. And we talked about what I want all of you. I know you're laughing right now and you're probably giving a big sigh of relief that you're not the only one that notices this. 
that all over the space, yes, there is a lot of good. There's a lot of great stuff. And you do have a lot of posers. You have a lot of, as she calls them, Polly the influencers. We joke that they always have like the off-white flat brim hat. They always have the perfect makeup. They're always like casually being casual, but not really. What is your thought on that? Because you're earning more money than all of them combined. But but there are people scrolling through and they'll look at you and they'll like, oh yeah, she's dancing around with who knows what in her kitchen. I'm not going to follow her. I'm going to go follow the girl that's on the jet with the big hat. <laughs> totally. Exactly. I mean, and people are buying shit from these people and then they end up coming, coming to, to me you. after they've spent a lot of money, then they've gotten nothing out of it. And they're like, okay, you know, oh my God, I had no idea why I think it's so alluring. I mean, we all like pretty pictures and pretty things, right? So there's an allure to that. There's also something that I call her now, Sarah, the spiritual influencer, which is right. That's my new one. That was, that's very recent. I like, I named her when I was just in Miami, we were dying. They talk like this. Oh, I've gone to Sedona and I get injected with frog serum and I have <laughs> crystals and now you're going to join my group coaching program. Ashwagandha. Right. I, now you're going to join my group coaching program and you're going to be able to call in all this abundance into your life. And I'm, believe me, I'm a longtime student of manifestation law of attraction, but we all know that shit doesn't work unless you do the inner work and you actually take like real strategic aligned action. But we're all still human and that's the easy fucking way out. And the easy way out is still so attractive. Why do you think the damn health and fitness industry still sells skinny fit teas and rapid detox programs and six weeks to a six pack? All that marketing is still being used. It's been used for decades because we still want the path of least resistance as a human. We want the easy way, the fast way, the microwave society. So they appeal to that. And there's also the sexuality I noticed being used. I don't know if you guys see this. Jill's nodding. She's like total. She's like, oh my God, you went there. I totally see it. I don't know if you guys see this, but it really, it bothers me just from my background. And as a woman and working with women and children who've been sex trafficked and abused, it's really hard for me to see when women are using that. Now I'm on the beach in Bali with my white thong bikini and I'm just turning a little to, to the side with my white brimmed hat. And, oh, my program's opening. I have 30 spots left, yeah. right? You can tell when it's one thing, you can tell by someone's energy, you can't fake it, right? If their whole thing is they're teaching femininity or whatever, and that's really part of their brand and it's sincere, it doesn't repel me. But when I see them using those thirsty shots just to get the likes or the clicks, and by the way, it does work. It works on people, like you said, who haven't done the inner work and who don't get it. They don't have the, I'm going to call it emotional maturity. They don't, whatever it is, and the people that aren't looking for the quick fix, it doesn't work for them. But you're right. It does work for a lot of people, unfortunately. It does work. And I do have them that come to me because I coach a lot of people in the fitness and wellness space. And they come to me, they'll have 500,000 followers, but they're broke. And I, I already know what I'm going to see when I go on their social media. And it's all of that stuff. And it's like, well, you're going to have to let that go and bring, bring in substance, right? Substance for people. So it does work to a certain level, but I hate, 
I have really, I hate seeing it. I make fun of it not to be a mean girl. I make fun of it to bring awareness to it. Because when I, I didn't have a fucking, I wasn't in Instagram. My other business is all in corporate. It's in pharmaceutical, medical, Instagram. I maybe dropped one photo a month, but it wasn't, you know, like, look at me photos. It was, you know, it was like the family and friends thing. I started my account from scratch three years ago for Project Me. So it was wild to me seeing what was out there. And I was like, people are buying this shit. This is unbelievable. And I saw the pattern and I just, I had to make fun of it because it's so ridiculous. And then so many people would respond like, oh my God, I'm not the only one who's seeing through this, but no one wants to say anything. Oh, yes. Oh, we could talk for hours about that. Like when you talked about how people fall for it, right? One, they want the quick fix, but the smoke and mirrors is appealing like you said, because it allows you, they're avoiding them the truth and it allows you to avoid the truth, mm-hmm. right? And then after, like you said, after a while, you got to face the music. After a while, you either go back to your life that you were trying to escape or you realize, okay, I need to go find someone like Tiffany because I'm tired of trying to fool myself. And that's when the hard work happens, right? You can't go, and you talked about, I swear we are on so on the same plane. I don't say this to say, oh, me too, me too. I also just did an episode, you're going to laugh, I'm going to send it to you, where I talked about, I mentioned the spiritual influencers and the person, yes, I did. I can't wait. And the personal, and I talked how they talk like this, and they're always having their plant ceremony. Very like ethereal talking. Yeah. So (laughs) if you just do plant medicine and you have ceremony after ceremony, then you can be an influencer like me. But all you have to do is attract it. It's not that hard. You know, the people listening to this, I really do believe they're not attracted to that. They don't judge it. They see through it. They're looking for real. And that's why they're going to love you because they want the real deal and they want to do the hard work because it is hard work to really look at yourself and heal all that stuff and then actually discover what your real passion is. And like you said, actually then put the work in. No, a lot of people don't want to do that. It's like the what, 1%? It's not a sexy answer, Mm -mm. right? Just like it's not a sexy answer if maybe you've gained a lot of weight and you want to get your health back. Not a sexy answer. No. Right? It's like, honey, put, you know, put down some of the carbs. Not a sex and stop drinking wine. Not a sexy answer, right? Much sexier to tell me to drink, you know, celery juice and Brussels sprouts and fit tea. And, you know, rub crystals or something. That's far more sexy. I've fallen for this stuff too, though. I mean, I hired, I, you know, we were talking before this. I hired a coach. Obviously, I'm not going to name her. Who's one of those people who makes a shit ton of money off this stuff, still does to this day. And I fell for it. And I'm pretty street smart, but I'm also naive at the same time. I don't know if that makes sense, but it's like, I'm naive in the sense that I, as much as I would like, lie to people, please, and get people to like, like me, I would never lie to dupe somebody off something. Yes. And that's why you believe that no one else would do that either. Totally. And I mean, I'm blown. I mean, and this person, when I say dupe, it was like 180 and I was shocked and here I'm in the corporate world, right? Where there's obviously people who aren't in integrity there, but there's a lot of protection in place. And they don't pretend though. Don't you agree? They don't pretend to not be assholes. They don't really pretend. It's like, this is what we need. This is how much, da, 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 right? In this space, it was alluring like, oh, so I just put, you know, my, I just put 
what I teach into a course. This person specializes in teaching you how to create courses. And I just put a course out there and I'm going to make like have million dollar launches. I fell for it too. Yeah. It's not that simple. And it's interesting because I know that you do teach certain strategy. Like you were laughing and I don't mind. You're like, yeah, I can tell you don't know what you're doing. I saw your Instagram because I don't. There's certain strategy, but your strategy, Tiffany, I know you know this. I'm telling everyone listening, her strategy is not to be anything but yourself. She'll give you strategy. Like this is going to track better. This is going to, but it's never to abandon yourself, to be like Polly the influencer, to pretend it's always authentic. So yeah, you have to have some strategy, but it's just like when I was in sales, when I was in network marketing, I'd be lying if I told you I didn't have a system. I taught something I called the sharing process because everyone was afraid of the word sales. So I had to call Mm. it the sharing process. So it was a step-by-step-by-step, but it was no bullshit. It was never being fake. It was never trying to dupe people. And that's why it worked. So give me a couple of examples. I saw your Instagram today. Yes, everybody listening, don't message me and go, I thought you were more off social media. I am, but I got on social, I got on Instagram (laughs) to look at Tiffany today. I'm like, what are what's new cooking with Tiffany? And I saw the hilarious reel or TikTok, whatever the heck it is that you did where you're recording that you are, what do you call it? Lip syncing to. Oh, was, was I lip syncing or was, was someone asking me an interview question? It was the interview question of the zero fucks. And I'm like, we have to talk about that because What are three things that you literally have just let go of that you don't care about that you think most people in this online space, no matter what they're selling, they still care about that you just are like, I literally don't give a shit. And I want you guys to know, like you were saying earlier, so we're circling back to it. I mean, you knew we were going to get off on a tangent that (laughs) it's a process and you can go actually see evidence of it. Go look at my YouTube channel. And those videos on there, it's Project Me with Tiffany or Project Me TV or whatever. There, You can find it easily. My YouTube videos, you're going to go, oh, those, you know, she looks pretty and they're nice. It's newscaster Tiffany. Those are from pretty early on. You know, this is only a three-year-old brand, but pretty early on. And you'll see it's very different Tiffany than you see in my Instagram Reels, Instagram Facebook Stories on my podcast. I came into this space having been heavily healed, right? So it's not like I started this um, pre going into my deep recovery and stuff like that. Like I already had a lot of recovery under my belt, but I thought in order for you guys to respect me and understand that I knew what I was doing, I'm an expert and therefore hire me, I had to come across as newscaster corporate Tiffany you know, like someone who's polished and professional and I have my hair and makeup done and I sit up straight and, you know, that kind of shit. I did not make one dime still to this day off any of those YouTube videos. And I spent tens of thousands of dollars having those produced. Not one lead, nothing. And that I needed that to happen. Yeah. This is my point is it wasn't just one day I was like, zero fucks given. Yeah. It was an evolution and I needed to have that happen. I also would go speak at events and I thought I had to wear the flowery dress. I know you know what I'm talking about. I didn't do the hat, but I I do have one hat. I don't know why I have the hat that I have. I probably did buy it for an event and I laughed at myself when I put it on, but I thought I had to wear like the long flowy flowery dress. And I thought I had to, I thought that was what people wore. And that's not my style. Yeah, the look. 
but I thought I had to do that. And I wore the flowery dress and I felt so uncomfortable in it. It just didn't feel like me. So I was like thinking I needed to be, in order to be successful, I needed to do what those other women who said there were successful and some which I knew were successful were already doing. So I emulated them. I even hired the same like photographers they used, stuff like that, because I was like, well, yeah, I admire them and I respect them. So I thought that, but it still wasn't, I wasn't being me. And I started getting that exhausted feeling again. Yeah. I created Project Me with Tiffany Carter because it's been my dream. It's my mission to have fun for it to be, yeah, to make a lot of money, but also to have fun doing what I love and for it to light me up and not feel strict and heavy. My other company can feel strict and heavy because it's very, you know, corporate stuff. I started feeling heaviness, resentfulness, kind of dreading making content, stuff like that. And it was a big signal for me, like, okay, this is a familiar feeling. This isn't good. Why isn't this fun? And it's like, I just remember, I remember I was probably sitting right here going, you know what? Fuck this. This isn't fun. Can I just show up like how I am most days, which is no makeup. It's debatable how long my hair has it's been since I've washed it, whether I'm bloated or I have ab lines. Don't people want more of this? They have to. There's a hole in the coaching market. And that's where I saw the hole. This is what I help teach other people to do today. There's a hole in network marketing. There's a hole in wellness. There's a hole in being a healer. There's a hole in being a real estate agent, an accountant, a lawyer, whatever it is. The hole in the coaching market was there was not someone just talking about money and business and not showing up like kind of like a poly the influencer, someone who's more put together and polished and just showing it in real time. And I went, I know I can do this. I've done the work and I'm doing it. And I said, fuck it. And my business exploded. Yeah. Exploded. I remember I did some video where, I mean, I started doing IGTVs and they first came out and there weren't third-party apps to put filters on your videos. Now there are some where you can put a filter over your video. And I don't mean like inside Instagram live, we can do a filter, but a longer form video. Now there's that. There wasn't. And I went like, well, I don't care what kind of lighting. None of us look, I mean, I'm sure there's some people, but I wasn't going to go put on fucking makeup. Okay. Like that's a lot of work. I wasn't going to do it. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do a video. And I I look kind of puffy today. My skin looks kind of ruddy. And the market responded. My business blew up. And I even got people saying, you know, and I need, this is good validation. It wasn't ego validation I needed. It was like almost like God validation. It was like, I got responses like, oh my God, I've never seen anyone actually put on a unfiltered, they'll do an unfiltered photo, but it's on their best fucking day. In the best lighting. Right. Hashtag no filter. And you're like, bitch, you don't look like that. Yeah. Um, Right. (laughs) So I did a whole video, four or five minute video, whatever. You guys can go scroll on my IGTVs and see them. There's days where you're like, oh my God, she gained 15 pounds overnight. I mean, we all have that, right? I love it. And the messages I got, and it was helping other women set themselves free and men. Yes. From feeling like I have to show up in a certain way, which is so draining. And I went, okay. And believe me, it's still uncomfortable sometimes. But what you have to let go of to those three things is 
it's really hard, but it's really none of your business what other people think of you. You are not going to be able to please everyone. And you, in fact, in order to best serve, you are going to have to upset people. Yes. You just are. In order to serve at your best, you are going to trigger people sometimes. Yes. And that's, in fact, what needs to happen. I know I've been triggered and I'm thankful for it. Yeah. And you need to be polarizing. To be successful, you have to be willing to be polarizing, right? You can't have everybody like and love you because, you know, what do they say? I'm not vanilla ice cream or whatever. I think someone says that. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's that you can't speak your truth and be polite all the time. It just doesn't work. You're holding yourself back. So I'm willing to trigger you. I'm not trying to trigger you into like a PTSD moment or something. I'm not actively trying to, but it's okay if I do. Yeah. And if I could say this based on what you've said earlier, the old you would have intentionally triggered people. And what you're saying now is I just Mm. know that I'm triggering because I'm not trying to please everybody. And that alone is going to trigger people who need to people please, right? And number two, I'm going to trigger people who are in judgment and they're going to be threatened by my freedom and by my, and that's okay with me. And I'm so grateful for you because we need so much more of that in the world. This is what caused me to pull back from social media because I don't see enough of people like you. I, I, I truly try to see the good. I see a lot of lovely hardworking, amazing people on social media, and they're inspiring to me. And I also see so much posing and so much fake and so much inauthenticity, and I can smell it, and I start feeling like I'm suffocating. And when I see you, I'm like, I'm having the response that you said a lot of people had to you. It's not like, oh, go, girl. It's like, oh, my God, I need more of that. Because I describe it on one of my episodes as you go to a party, okay, And you think you're supposed to be dressed a certain way. Let's say it's all dressed up. You're at a country club thing. And then you see a woman walk in confident as hell, okay? And she may not have like ripped up jeans on, but she's super casual. She's got sandals on and a super casual outfit, feels amazing, so she looks amazing. And then you say to yourself, motherfucker, I wanted to be comfortable. I didn't know that we were allowed to do that. And then you even say to the girl, well, I didn't know we were allowed to do that. And she goes, I didn't either. Mm-hmm. That's the woman that I think a lot of us secretly want to be. What a great example. And people do say that to me at events because I'll, I mean, there's one event I wore my hotel room bathrobe on the stage. <laughs> you I was did like, not. you did this. not. <laughs> yeah, I did. And the whole point was, I mean, yeah, of course I knew there'd be like a shock value, but, and it'd make people laugh, which I love doing. But my point was, is I was so freaking bloated from God knows what I ate. Something (laughs) totally distended my stomach where what I had planned to wear, it wasn't, it wasn't going to be cute. Yeah. Or feel good. Or feel good. Right. It would have felt like I was in like a, some kind of like leg prison to wear this like sausage casing, sausage casing. It was, it wasn't going to be good. And I went, what, what would I really want to wear? And then I made that part of the talk. Right. Yes. But it's like, that's really freeing to other people. We don't need to do that. But you have to get to a point where you go, you know what? In order to set myself free, I'm willing to release what people think of me. Um, I'm willing to release even if I look stupid. I mean, believe me, I love dancing. It's like my inner 12-year-old. You know, I love doing all that. There's, you know, 95% of what I get is beautiful. But I do get 5% of oh my God, you're like guts hanging out that no one wants to see that. I do get it. 
But because I've done the inner work and I still do the work, I really don't take that on. It's not like I can, I'm just saying that to you. I really don't. I usually end up writing back going, I'm sorry, my gut bothers you. Like it, I really am not bothered, but that took time. I would say this, if you really want to help who you say you want to help and you really want to make an impact you say you want to make, are you willing to be wildly uncomfortable in showing up and how you need to show up as totally you in order to do that? And are you willing to make other people wildly uncomfortable? Exactly. Because it, it is uncomfortable to see someone uncaged and living totally free. It is uncomfortable and inspiring. It's like, it's both. It's like a train wreck. I don't want to look. I do want to look. And then you have people like running going, wait, take me, take me. And that's what I think your whole audience is. There are people hearing this right now and just hearing that you went on a stage in a bathrobe, just hearing you know, that you said, look, I decided I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not playing the game. I'm going to be me. That alone is going to be some people, I don't think anyone listening to this episode, honestly, but some people will go, yeah, she's not for me. Good. You don't want to be for them. It wouldn't work to work with them. You don't want them. That's okay. You know what? The old Tiffany would have ran from the hills for me. When you're too far separated energetically from someone, it's someone it's so far off to them, it can either be a magnet or you're repelled. I would have been totally repelled by me. Yeah, you would have been terrified of you, right? I would have been repelled by you. Mm-hmm. You say it like it is, you're genuine. I know you can see me. I don't know if you guys know what I'm saying, but it's like, you know, when someone you're like, they can see the real me. Mm-hmm. Oh, I fucking ran from people like that. I might have even said, oh God, she seems like kind of weird or kind of like a bitch. I might, you know, I'd have created a story. Yep. But it would have, I would have been really awkward. Now I love talking to people who I know can see me like, cause I don't, I don't have anything to hide, mm-hmm. but I would have, oh girl, I wouldn't have listened to your podcast. Oh, I know. <laughs> and I would have been afraid to listen to yours. Like mm-hmm. this version of you, even I would have been no. terrified. I would have been terrified of you. And it's so interesting because, okay, all these people who are, who are being triggered that we're talking about, the person who messaged you and said, oh, your gut's hanging out or whatever. We think of triggered like that, but also you could be triggered in a different way. Like me, like I told you, when I first met you, you were super intimidating to me. You're no different today than you were a month ago when I met you. But I was letting that little girl in me come up that I'm, I'm not worthy. I don't have my shit together. I'm that, I'm that, the whole wound of anyone who makes more money than me, anyone who's quote unquote better than me, like just that. All that crap came up. And I know everyone listening knows this. I talk about it pretty regularly on here that it's just like exercising. Not that I do it, but you have to keep doing it. Like you can't just like heal yourself with crystals. Like you said, you have to keep facing your fears and facing this shit over and over again because I feel like I've done a lot of work on my past and my all the stuff, whatever words you want to call it, use for it. And I got triggered like that with you, where all Mm. of a sudden I felt again like a little girl, oh, she's intimidating. And then you have to remember who you are. If you've done this work, you can, right? If you haven't, you'll stay there and you'll run from people like you. But I think think the whole thing is fascinating. I think all of it's fascinating. Okay, so you listed the three things that you don't really care about that a lot of people still do. What I would say about you is you also 
you don't care that you're not like in the club and you don't want to be in the club. Oh, fuck no. No, you don't. But you know where part of it comes from? I was raised, you know how a lot of people who are like, you know, I, I am a multimillionaire and I do say it and I should be proud of it, right? Mm-hmm. Like I say it for a reason, right? But there's a lot of people who are in that status, right? Where it's like, I, you know, I was raised poor and now I'm a multimillionaire. That's not my story. I have a different story. We're the second wealthiest family in a wealthy neighborhood. And I still had shit money mindset for a reason. Some of the reasons that you've heard today. So I was raised in the country club, Mm. the the Chanel outfits, the nails. I was sent to back in the day. I don't think they have it anymore. Tiffany's, the jewelry store had a manor school. Oh my gosh. Like etiquette. I have the book. I need to show. I keep forgetting to show it on social media. I have it. I found it at my mom's house. Yes. You need to do a reel on that. There's a fucking book. It is so archaic. You guys will die. Archaic meaning like shit that women have to do. Yeah. It is. It's not ladylike. Oh my God. I mean, which is funny because if you ever see me eat, I'm like a barbarian. <laughs> and <laughs> my best friend Tracy's like, I totally get why you're like a barbarian when you eat. I'll pull it together at a nice restaurant, but really like give me a rib and I'll suck on the bone. Like, you know what I mean? Yes. My daughter's like that. She's, she's, I tell her, she eats, she holds her fork like this, like very aggressively with her whole, like, like a claw, right? And we're at this really nice restaurant and she's just, eat, you know, and she was talking about a, a date she was going to go on. And I was like, so uh, she was, looked right at me before I finished and she goes, yeah, that's how I'm going to eat. If he doesn't like it, he can leave. That's fine. Oh my God, I love her. She's intentional about everything, including how she eats. <laughs> that's hysterical. Yeah, so I was raised in that manner. So being a part of the cool girl club, the influencer club, the girl gang, as they say, for someone like me, it repels me. And for my ideal client, which again, this is something, you know, I coach my clients on my ideal client is like attracts like. So my ideal client also doesn't feel like themselves in the girl gang. They might kind of go, Oh, you know, I wish I was cool enough to be in it sometimes, right? But ultimately, those aren't their people. Yeah. I don't give a shit. I don't want to be a part of it. I don't want to pay. I'm not going to, certainly not going to pay to be a part of it. Yeah. It does nothing for me. It repels me. But I'm more about individuals who I surround myself with, who are also doing the inner work, who are are real about what's going on and not like the you know, veil version of real, right? Like the, the real pulling off your skin real The where you're humble. I mean, it's, it's ugly over here a lot of times, you know, with stuff that I go through. And let me add something though. This is what I, I think is super important to point out that and the person who can also say confidently, I'm a multimillionaire. Right. Some people are going to hear what you said and they're like, oh, yeah, she's my people. And you're like, oh, you're not my people because they're thinking, oh, we're going to be low vibe and we're going to be about our victim story. And we're going to be like, mm-hmm. but we don't want to be around the successful people because we just want to be real. And that is not, I can speak for Tiffany. That is not what she's saying. She's saying, I don't need to be in that club and I don't need that at all. And I'm not attracted to it. But trust me, I can walk in that club. Right. I can, I, I go and do a lot of speaking events at hashtag girl boss, right? 
and that's fine. I, you know, I get it. I, I get, I get the good that's behind a lot of it. Um, but I also don't need to be like in that gang in order for me to feel worthy of showing up online and be able to be, have a successful business online. You don't have to have these influencer girl gang friends for you to create a successful online platform from scratch, have a book, have a podcast. You don't have to have a million followers or even a hundred thousand followers. You don't. I started my podcast the total opposite of how 99% of people start it. I had zero following. I started my podcast first. Does that take it longer to grow? Absolutely. I had, it's just marketing 101. I had no traffic to drive to it. Yeah. But I, right. I started opposite. That's okay. And, and we're only three years in and it gets 10 to 15,000 downloads an episode. That's okay. That's part of why I show up how I do. You don't have to be 25 years old going to Bali. You don't have to be in the girl gang. You don't have to wear the white bikini with the ethnically ambiguous tan where you're like, what's going on here? Like you're a fucking white girl from Oklahoma, but your tan is extra dark. I don't get it. Right. You don't have to be it. (laughs) You don't have to go and and go to Costa Rica on a special retreat. You can if you want to, but you don't have to go do that. You don't have to do a photo shoot where you're throwing money in the air. You don't have to do (laughs) any of that. Or you can if that's you. Or you can. Or you can. But you don't need to. In order to have what you want to create for yourself and your business. That's what gets me to show up when I don't want to. And believe me, 70% of the time, I don't want to. That's what gets me to show up. Mm-hmm. The money's not enough. I'm great at making money. I know how to make money. Most of my income's passive now through investments, right? Yeah, I welcome more of it. I love it. What gets me to show up when I don't want to 70% of the time is this part. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love when another woman goes, God, seeing you with, you know, and I know what they're saying. They're trying to say it in a nice way. It's basically like, oh my God, you showed up like almost pretty much looking your worst. <laughs> and you just didn't, it's not like I sat there and went like, I have a zit today and look at my hair. Like you just, you show up regardless. Yeah. You're in your bathroom. Who cares? I love it. And that's what gets me to do it because mm-hmm. I will say there is one influencer. I can't speak for her today. I can only speak for what I saw probably four years ago. Um, do you know who Jenna Kutcher is? I might be saying her yes. last name. Yes. And I, again, I can't speak for her today. I actually don't follow her anymore. That's another story. But going back in time, I loved that she showed up. She has like really bad, had mal- bad melasma on her face. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, skin look, she showed up with no makeup. She would show up wearing a bathing suit where she's, I don't know what size she is, but she's not a size four. No, probably 16, 18. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that helped me start my business. Oh, I could cry thinking about that because I was at my heaviest when I started Project Me in my entire life because I had a major hormone problem. Mm. And that's why it's important to show up. Yes. And she showed up and Anne was... In her own different, t- my zero fucks looks different than hers. That's also a good point, yeah, right? Yes. It looks different for everyone and truly showed up. I mean, I was like, this girl's wild. I mean, she, I mean, 
she's showed rolls and cellulite. Yes. And and the pictures are beautiful. And didn't care. And I was, and her hair would be messy. And she's like leaning over the stove eating like mac and cheese. And I was like, I could see she was successful. And I went, okay, I see some of me and her. So I can do it too. Yeah. Now you know you're doing that. But I can't think of, honestly, I'm sure they exist because there's billions of accounts online. I can't think of another account that does that, that did, did that for me. Yeah. So I thank her for that, for doing that. Yeah. It's interesting. Okay. So when we were talking a minute ago about the idea of you don't need to go be quote in the club, whatever the club is, or be invited to the party. So it made me think about the idea that when you talked about like the validation, like I don't need that validation, but I was describing it the other day as I don't need the validation, but I'd be lying if the black and white evidence that I'm doing the right thing didn't help me. Like it's like a road sign going, keep going this way, keep going this way, right? But you don't need it. You're not, you're not sitting around waiting for it. And it's just, I would just say, I, I would say you're refreshing, but even that word's overused, but it's such a breath of fresh air. It really is to see someone not just pretending to be themselves because that's the new trend too. The new trend is pretending to be authentic. <laughs> In my opinion, that's why I see that all the time. Yeah, no, I, I'm laughing because I get it. And I always say like, energy can't be faked. It just can't. But yeah, some people are going to be still magnetized by that. And that's okay. That's not my lane. No, I like your lane. <laughs> Thank you. I like I your lane too. There's no one who listens to this show. We're really like, that's what you're into or that you would have tuned out a long time ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Yesterday, I noticed my rating went down to 4.5 from 5. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. I wonder why. And I saw, you can't really see how many people rated you. Right, right. right. But I saw the little line and I'm like, because I accidentally gave myself a one when I was trying to figure out how to rate myself. I know. Are you not surprised? So I still have that dot. I have that dot there that I want the company, some company to go in and erase because that's me. I remember doing it. So there's that. But then for the two star, it's not just a dot. It looks like a couple people. And I'm like, who are those assholes? I want to find them. (laughs) It was just in the last week. Who gave me the two star ratings? But seeing that and seeing that there are some people that don't like this at first, it triggered me. And then I was like, like you said, I mean, I'd rather be mint chocolate chip than vanilla. And mint chocolate chip's my favorite flavor, by oh, the way. Oh, is it? I would totally have been triggered too. I would have been like, oh my God, what? Like, because, you know, of course you want to have all five stars. But I always say like, when you have some haters, like you've made it. Yeah. Because you and I both know, you have to be intentionally effing with someone to give them a two-star rating. Because there's no universe, there's no planet in any lifetime where I would listen to a podcast and take the time to give them a two-star rating. I just wouldn't do it. I just wouldn't listen again. You would have to like be wildly going off on something that really, like really bothered me and I was already in a bad mood. I mean, that's a lot of work to put in right? It is. It is. But thank you so much, Tiffany. This is the, I don't know what I'm going to title this, but it's going to be really fun to figure that out because we have so much goodness in this. I think we were on for a full hour and it was awesome. So thank you so much. And if you guys loved this, take a screenshot and share it in your Instagram, Facebook stories and tag us, even though like Jill's not on (laughs) online right now. Tag Tiffany. You know, I would love to see like, if you really 
enjoyed this like real conversation and feel free to DM me on Instagram and reach out. Um, I know a lot of people don't reply. I know what that feels like because no one replied to me when I first started and you'll, it's worth giving it a test because you'll see that, you know, that I actually do take the time to reply. So I just want you to know you have, you have someone here and me to reach out to. Obviously, you know, Jill is great about doing it as well. So I really enjoyed spending this time with you guys. And and sorry to interrupt you. I want to add this because I said this in the intro, but yeah, they can look up your bio, but, but in your words, you don't just help people not give an F. Who is your ideal client? We have people listening who, I, I'm not a business coach. I'm not coaching anybody. So I need people to know what you do. Like, how are you coaching people? What would be an ideal client? What are they working on? What are, what are their goals? And then how do you do that? So I specialize in helping you get consistent clients and cash online. So for whatever niche it is, that's what I specialize in. So I help you identify a true profitable niche, not just a specific niche, but a profitable one. And then how to determine who your ideal client is on a deep emotional level, how to have a content strategy around that in order to attract them, and then how to convert them from strangers into paying clients. That's what I specialize in, regardless of what industry you're in. I do it even for like a gas station that's in town. It doesn't matter whether you're a coach, you're a medical professional, accountant, real estate network marketer. You want to make money online consistently and then start creating some passive income products. That's what I specialize in doing. And so you can just come to my Instagram at Project Me with Tiffany. That's the best place to start. And then you can go to my website too, projectmewithtiffany.com, and you'll see like the different options to work with me there. Yeah, because, you know, I said we were done, but we're not. So one more thing. So, you know, I was talking to a good friend of mine, Sam, if you're listening, it's you. And she has so much raw talent um, that, and she knows she does. She's a mom of little babies and she's a network marketer and does very well. And she's so much more than that. And I've said to her, I wish I could be your agent. I love giving people business ideas. I just, they come to me naturally. And I was like, I could 100% see you styling my whole life, like my closet, my interior of my house, my makeup, my, like, she's that good. And she's like, yeah, but who would buy that? And how would that work? And I'm like, you need a coach. Like you, she's an ideal client for you from what yeah. you just said, because I said to her, I can't help you with that. I just have good ideas and I'll throw them at you. And you need to find someone like Tiffany who can show you, okay, this is what it's going to look like on paper. And I'm going to show you to make show you how to make sure it makes money because I know, for example, and you know, we've talked about this, that there are a lot of people out there advertising themselves, um, get in my mastermind, do this, do that. It's just a bunch of feel good, be a part of our community, sorry, bullshit. It makes you feel good and you know you're not alone, but there's no tangible, real structured instruction on how to not just build it, but make sure it makes money. Right. And I I know that that's what you do. And so for someone like Sam, it's perfect because, and I said to her, and those of you listening who have never had a coach, you have all these great ideas, but you're not hiring someone to help you execute. And all you're doing is torturing yourself. Like living in this, could I, should I, blah, blah, blah. Just stop. Don't even think about it then, right? Either hire someone and get it right. done or just give it up. Go back to your job. 
you're in a self-imposed purgatory, as I call it, mm. of all the things you want to do, all the things you could do, and then not doing it, and then shaming yourself for not doing it, and oh, I should do something, but I da da da. That's insane. That's exhausting. It's insanity. Or do you have clients like this, or people you know? I know people who are in direct sales and network marketing, and they're doing okay. I mean, they're yeah. making forty, fifty, sixty thousand a year, maybe even a hundred thousand a year, but they either know they're made for more or they're sick of it and miserable, but all they do is complain about it. And I'm like, figure out a brand, go get a coach and do it. Well, what would I do? I'm like, that's not my job. Pay someone else to help you. Or don't figure it out. As long as you know, because I have two different levels of my coaching. If you have no idea what you want to do, but you know you want to do something more, then we go down that path. Mm. Because I didn't used to know what I wanted to do. I needed someone to help pull it out of me because it's in you. There you go but I needed someone to help pull it out of me and then create a framework around it where you can make money at it. Unless yes. you're looking to like have it be a jobby, which is an expensive hobby. Yeah. And I doubt that that's what <laughs> most of you are after. Yes. But I know a lot of people in that space of network marketing who, or even I have another friend, Shelly, who's, who's learned to be an energetic healer and she's legit. And she has this great background of raising four kids on her own and went to an amazing college for interior design and then decided to do, you know, when she got a divorce, just figured life out, just figured shit out. You and I both know that you can't pay someone to be that way. You can't buy that. But she on paper doesn't have what she thinks is anything. So she would just say, well, I just had these hopes and dreams. But I know you could pull it out of her and say, you could create a business around this. And anyway, I need to be your agent. Well, I'll take it. I mean, hey. <laughs> I'd be your agent because I it's so needed. It is so needed because there are great coaches out there. I'm in a program now, right? Learning how to be a coach, but I'm not a business coach. And then there are business coaches, in my opinion, who also haven't done the inner work life stuff that you've done. Or as I said, they're coaching people on things that are not going to truly turn into them monetizing anything that they're excited about. So, all right, well, find Tiffany, have a chat with her. And if you do reach out to her though and connect, let me know because I want to know what your idea is and, and how that manifests and how it comes to fruition because I know a lot of you are sitting on amazing businesses. See, I get fired up talking about this. This is a side of me that we've never talked about that I, I used to say, I, I wonder if there was a job. I should hire you as my coach. So when I finish, I'll hire you when I finish my course because I've always said, I wonder if there's a job, a career that would fit someone like me that I don't know how, but I'm really good at helping people come up with an idea of what they should do for an idea. Like I would go into a chiropractor's office. I'm like, you know what you should do? And he's like, what? And I said, you should get, because a lot of people are afraid to have their child go to a chiropractor. I said, you should get the school picture of every single child that you treat, put it on a bulletin board, and then have testimonials from the parents on why they're so glad they came here. And he did it. And he's like, I got like 60 new patients from that. I bet. Yeah. And so those kind of ideas come to me. I guess it's marketing. Would that be called that marketing? Be mar <laughs> yes, that would be creative marketing. Creative marketing comes naturally <laughs> to me. So we'll have to come up with a business around it. I like it. All right. Thanks again, Tiffany. Thanks. Bye, guys. Thank you so much for joining me on BU. I know there was something in this episode you were meant to hear. So let me know in a DM on Instagram at jillhermanbu. Be sure to subscribe to the BU Podcast. And if you have iTunes, I would so appreciate you rating the podcast and leaving a comment with your biggest aha or takeaway. 
Sharing a screenshot of this episode on your story is the best way for us to reach women just like you. And if you send a link to a friend, let her know what unique quality she has that the world needs more of. If this is your first visit, welcome to our BU Collective, where we get honest about what it takes to find our true self so we can set her free and start living.